0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Hello, and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Coming to you, of course, from my hometown, the capital of Georgia, of Atlanta, where well, we're rocking the sports bell from the ATL. So glad to have you along in the, on this program. You're going to hear comments from Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn, general manager Thomas DeBetroff. You're hearing my interview with San Antonio Spurs Center. Paul Gasol, as well as head coach of the Georgia Tech men's basketball team, he's Josh Fashnir. So make sure that you stick right here where you have it, right here on Taylor Base Sports with Kevin Taylor. Check me out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Taylor All right, well, of course, Super Bowl 52 is set. New England, they defeated Jacksonville on Sunday, and Philadelphia, they defeated. Minnesota to get into the big game coming up in now less than two weeks. Yeah, I wish the Falcons were there, but they were knocked out by Philadelphia. And I think a lot of people, you know, really didn't want to see the Patriots get there, but, hey, they're there. It's going to be interesting to see who would want to see who win, especially if you're a Falcon fan, because do you want to see the team that basically came from behind to win and knock you out last year, you know, when you had – the championship trophy, the Lombardi trophy, right in your hand. Do you want to see the team get another Super Bowl championship this year, or do you want to see the team that knocked the Falcons out this year get a ring? As a Falcon fan, who do you go for? That's that's what I'm I'm kind of going through right now. So I want to know from you as well. So if you want to reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter, Kevin Taylor 98. Let me know. Kind of posted the question a little bit on um, Facebook last night and uh, right now the Eagles have the lead. So. Um, A lot of uh, fans out there I know probably do want to see kind of like a changing of the guard, so to speak, uh, because New England, they've already got five titles here. And uh, Philadelphia, you know, they're trying to get that first one for sure and they're trying to see if they can win their first ever Super Bowl. So it's going to be a good game, nonetheless, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a close game throughout because Philadelphia plays good defense. Of course, New England, they have an offense that, you know, you can't rule out. So it's going to be two good teams going up against each other. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, hey, they've got some work to do for sure. The defense is now their new strength. And the offense, they struggled. You know, they had the number one offense last season, but now they're basically in the middle of the pack this year. That's unacceptable to me. I know you change coordinators, but come on, the play calling just. Just suspect, just very suspect. I know Steve Sarkeesian is trying to get to know the players, and the players trying to get to know him. Sometimes the players are execute. Sometimes Sarkeesian just called the wrong play at the wrong time, just like in the Philadelphia game. Why would you throw the ball four straight times? It's common football sense. You either run the ball on first down or second down. Tevin Coleman was running the ball effectively. Why not use him again to try to go to the outside possibly and try to get the touchdown to put the team in the lead? I'm still scratching my head on that. You had the ball first and goal, basically two, three-yard line. You should have been easily able to punch that in. But when you throw in the ball consistently, you're becoming predictable, just like the Eagles players were saying at the latter part of the game. Because if it's fourth down, you know who you're going to go to. Obviously, Julio Jones. The ball was not there to get to him correctly. But, hey, that was the play call. So we'll see. Um, the Falcons do have some offseason moves to think about. Um, Dan Quinn and Thomas Demetrius talked about this last week, but we we'll get into that in one second. Uh, the key free agents, Tyree Pope, defensive VM Adrian Claiborne, kicker Matt Bryant, Ben Garland, who took over a left guard, wide receiver Taylor Gabriel, they're going to be free agents as well as return specialists, if you want to call them that, Andre Roberts, and defensive tackle Courtney Upshaw. In my opinion, I think you bring back Dontari Pope. I think you, of course, bring back Adrian Claiborne. You definitely bring back Matt Ryan. Ben Garland, uh, you know, if it's not a star, a good guy to bring in, you know, someone gets hurt on the offensive line. Taylor Gabriel, fastest guy on the team, in my opinion, or maybe in the league. Got to bring him back. They've been for one or two years. Courtney Upshaw, because Gabriel's young, of course. Courtney Upshaw, Jerry's mm, still out on that one. But we'll see. Uh, Deion Jones was named for the Pro Bowl as well as now Keon So congratulations to Keon As today as we record this program on Monday, January 22nd. was named to the Pro Bowl as well. So he'll be joining Alex Mack and Julio Jones in the Pro Bowl. So congratulations to them. But beyond Deion Jones, Devontae Campbell, and Keon O'Neill were leaders of the defense, which finished actually the top 10 in scoring and in total yards for the first time since the 1998 Super Bowl season. Now uh, Big Beasley and Ricky Tack McKinley who had sacks in both playoff games, uh, of course, were the staple or have been the staple of Dan Quinn's drafts. So let's try to find out right now, the state as it is now, at the end of the season for the Falcons, going into the offseason, what Dan Quinn's assessment was from last season and also Thomas Dimitrov as well as they go into the off season. Here's what they had to say at the end of the season
2: We'll get rolling. Today, um, as we're sitting here as a team, uh, we're still bummed because it tells me where our expectations are uh, as a team and as a fan base. I'm still disappointed we're not sitting here talking about, uh, you know, on a Thursday the NFC Championship game. But what makes me feel better is, is knowing that the team has now created a base camp over the last three years where we don't have to start at the bottom of the mountain and we can go take our shot at the summit every year. So, um, And I know you guys know um, through my time this year I'm not in favor of comparisons to past teams, but today I'm making the exception because uh, when people ask or I hear and uh, why hasn't this offense, you know, Achieved at the historic level uh, that we were, you know, expecting. Uh, now that this season is over, I think it's a fair question. Um, I'll hit you on a few major differences and similarities uh, between the two years. Uh, first, we'll go to turnover margin. And uh, in 2016, we were plus 11 uh, with the football. In 2017, we were minus two at the end of the year. And what that is, that's seven more turnovers offensively and about six fewer takeaways defensively. Uh, total yards, there were some similarities. You know, we finished second uh, in 16th, eighth this year. Third down, we actually improved going from 11th up to first. Uh, explosive plays, we were from first to third. Um, pass attempts, 534 to 529 That's in the same fashion from our style. Run game, we averaged the same amount, 26, both in 16 and 17. And pass protection from a sack standpoint, we actually improved quite a bit going from 37 sacks to 24, which was third where we lacked uh, which defined us was our big plays uh, that scored and when you go back to look and you study it all um, in 16 I believe we had 19 uh, explosive plays that were outside the red zone that scored that's a lot and uh, that was at the top and this year we only had seven and we took our shots on big plays I'm not every play that a long throw down the field but I thought that was a real factor uh the second thing is our red zone issues that slipped we ended up finished ninth i believe in 16 and went all the way down into the 20s maybe 23 or somewhere in that spot this year through for 23 tds through for 15 this year those two things guys that's a big difference and uh that's why i wanted today to be able to give you some comparisons on some things because i've never really won that's looking to go but i felt today uh you had a right to that question. So I thought the lack of explosive plays that scored, uh, along with some struggles in the red zone, combine that with the turnover margin, and I think that's where you'll find the scoring went down. I know a number you've already studied. A lot of the first and second down things, that'll feel real familiar. The run game, a lot of that will feel real familiar. The runners were over four. Those things I think you'll see are comparable. So I felt before we opened it up, and I wanted to make sure I got that out to you. I know your first question, uh, and I'm not even going to wait for it. So, yes, uh, Sark is coming back in 2018. And we've done this dance before. And back in 2016, uh, I stood in front of you, and we had some conversations uh, about Kyle Shanahan. And a number of people uh, wanted his head. Well, they're different people, and they're different coaches. Uh, but what has stayed the same uh, And what I learned during that process um, is what you're doing in order to build consistency, you better be consistent. And uh, do I think Sark and the staff will go through every play and everything we did this season? Yes. Uh, To examine what was wrong with our scoring uh, is not an indication on one play caller or on one player. Uh, It's on all of us. And uh, there's plenty of plays Sark would like to have back there's some throws that Matt would like to have back I'm sure there were some drops from our receivers our tight ends and our running backs that they would like to have back and myself some calls that I'd like to have back but placing blame on one person would be wrong in this instance And so for me, I wanted to make sure the way we'll get better is our execution. And uh, at times, we under-executed and uh, didn't come through when we need to. So uh, I want to be clear with you. If this was about one person, that decision would have already been made. I have no issue with making changes. No problem with that. But I have no interest in making change just for the sake of change. And before I turn it over to TD, I wanted to teach you about our team because we talk about brotherhood a lot. And, uh, I realize sometimes it's hard to understand, uh, what that means when you're not in it every day with us. The reason we are able to compete like we do is the connection this team has for one another. And that didn't happen overnight. I can also see the connection growing stronger with the fan base and the city and, uh, as a head coach, I love that. It's exactly what I'd hoped uh, would happen uh, from a fan base and a team. And for Arthur to build a stadium that we have between Thomas and myself, trying to create the most unique culture in all of pro ball uh, here in this building, uh, he certainly provided that opportunity for our fan base in the best stadium in pro ball. Uh, lastly, before I open up some questions, I know Thomas has some comments. Uh, we work hard together uh, to ensure we're set up uh, in the right way from a free agent standpoint, from a draft standpoint, to make sure we can feature the guys in the very best ways for the team. And I'm really excited about what's in front of us. So I wanted to make sure I, uh, before we open it up to some questions, do you want to hit first or do you want me to?
3: No, just a couple couple comments to piggyback off of what Dan has said. Uh, of course, I'm agitated and unhappy with the way that we ended. Um, we have a lot of things to focus on here in the off season, and there's no question that we will focus uh, um, acutely on it. Dan and I spend a lot of time together as it is, and we'll continue to spend a lot of time looking at this organization uh, from top to bottom and, and see where we are going going to adjust has to do with team building, of course, and it has to do with continuing to put the right people in, in place here uh, within the organization, on the team. And, and again, I feel very confident that I'm with a partner in Dan as a head coach. Who There's not a harder working head coach and a more direct and a more focused head coach in this league. And I know and I trust him and his staff that we're going to be approaching this with the utmost focus to try to uh, get back to where we want to get to. And that's uh, in championship, uh, championship caliber football. Which I'm very, very, very uh, confident that we'll be, we'll be uh, heading in that direction. And again, Dan and I have a lot of, a lot of work to do, and we're focused on it. We've been working a lot this week as it is. And uh, again, very encouraged by what we have in this, uh, in this uh, team, in this organization.
1: All right, you heard it right here, Dan Quinn, and Thomas Dimitrov addressing the media last week at the end of the year press conference. And of course, the main issue that was addressed. With Steve Sarkeesian is coming back. And, you know, what thing that kind of struck me before last season was Matt Ryan pointed out that him and Kyle Shanahan spent a lot of time together during the offseason. Would it be that way this year? Could it be that way this year? You know, Matt Ryan is expecting twins probably sometime during the latter part of the summer, maybe right around training camp a little after that, maybe August somewhere along in there preseason. So, would they be able to spend time together, like, be able with Kyle Shanahan, you know, because this, this is a big step in Matt Ryan's life, you know. So, would the time be there? Would he be able to do it? Would they be on the same page according to the offseason? Those are questions that need to be answered, and I'm pretty sure they will as we get into OTAs and, like I said, training camp and so forth, so... We'll see. Hopefully, they can spend some time together. Hopefully, the office as a whole can spend time together during the off season, as well as the uh, coaches as well. So, everybody needs to be on the same page and try to find a connection and improve on what did not work during the regular season. Of course, you heard Coach, Coach Quinn say that it was some coffee. He would like to have back as well, and I'm pretty sure that is the case. So, the, uh, the uh, Falcons do have some um, uh, uh, issues to address, and so let's see how they address them as we go into the off-season period here now for the team. All right. Now, switching to basketball, the Atlanta Hawks, they continue their homestead tonight, actually. And uh, that game will kick, kick off at 730 against Utah at Phillips Arena. And uh, the Jazz, they're coming in they're 10th in the Western Conference. The Hawks, of course, they have the worst record in the league. And so they are still going to be battling, though, because they've been in most of the games that they have been played this year. So they're 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 really playing, of course, not the best basketball, but at the same time they're still playing competitive basketball, which you get really a catch from us more. You know, Dennis Schroeder's leading the way. He has t- he's scoring 20 points per game for the team. And uh, this week is going to be an active week for the Hawks. They they play Utah Monday night. Then, of course, they end the homestand on Wednesday against uh, uh, Toronto, and then on Friday they hit the road only for one game though against Charlotte. And then on Saturday they return home. Wow, that was a short trip, wasn't it? (laughs) Against Washington. So that should be a good game on Saturday. The Hawks, like I said, they you know, they're thirteen to thirty two, last place in the Eastern Conference. Orlando won on Sunday, so they don't have the worst record in the league or the conference. So, you know, That's to be expected for the Hawks right now. But like I said, they are playing pretty competitively, but just really can't get over that hump like a young team would. The trade deadline will be coming up in a few weeks, so we'll see how the Hawks play that. If They're going to be major sellers, which a lot of people think they will be, to enhance the draft choices and also put themselves in better cap space. But that remains to be seen as well. So a lot of questions to be answered on their end also. But, you know, another team that's a force to be reckoned with out west is the San Antonio Spurs. They've actually shut down Kawhi Leonard indefinitely as he continues to rehab from injury. Uh, Kawhi has played in just nine games missing the beginning of the season because of a white quad injury. And um, he was also briefly uh, out with a shoulder injury. Now, of course, it's been tough on Kawhi. Um, not only Kawhi Leonard's been out and shut down right now, but starting guards Tony Parker, Danny Green, Mano Ginobili, they've also battled injuries this season. But uh, the injuries have hindered the Spurs who went to the Eastern Conference finals last year. And uh, I addressed this, actually, and, of course, a couple other questions with All-Star center Paul Gasol. I was able to speak with him recently. and Paul, oh, you guys are at the top of the Western Conference. You're third right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about, of course, your head coach, uh, Greg Popovich. Right. You know, he instills a great work ethic in you. And just talk about
0: that. Oh, he's been doing it for a long time, and he continues to to be um you know, great at what he does and very demanding and sharp and, and has a passion for what he does. And, and he makes sure that everyone kind of brings brings it the best you can every, every single night and understands the importance of every game. Um, so it's one of the top, top coaches ever.
1: Let's talk about that aggressive nature that the team has of going to the basket night in, night out.
0: Well, you, you try your best to have it. You know, you try to best, try your best to bring it, and uh, whoever doesn't bring it, it, usually sits on the bench. <laughs> so uh, he does um, doesn't tolerate very mediocrity or um, um, just uh, lack of effort, let's say, and, and execution and concentration. So uh, yeah, as a coach, is very demanding, and this um, yeah, is very, very thin line when it comes to making mistakes with them and, and not having to pay the price for it.
1: And uh, before we let you go, of course, you know, you got uh, Kawhi working his way back and uh, Tony working his way back as well. Just talk about this team working through adversity right now and getting guys back in the lineup and getting them healthy.
0: Um... Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a challenge. I mean, we're trying to get healthy as a team uh, because we understand that when we do have our full squad, we are a very, very tough team uh, to beat, um, but we haven't really had our squad uh, available consistently. Uh, all year long, and and we try to play through that adversity and that challenge and and try to play as hard as we can and as best we can with the players that we do have available, Uh, hoping that the the rest of the players that are not available will come back at some point uh, and and have that stability. Uh, But it's been been, a little bit of a challenge, and, and it's going to continue to be, I think, all
1: right. That was Paul Gasol of the San Antonio Spurs. And uh, like I said, I was able to catch up with him when the Spurs were here in Atlanta during the King Bay game uh, last week. Also, uh, since then, the Spurs have actually dropped to fourth in the Western Conference, but hey, they're still going to be in that third, fourth area of the Western Conference for sure, especially right here before the All-Star break comes up. It's Sports with Kevin Taylor. Make sure that you check out the program anytime, anywhere, on iTunes, as well as you can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ninety yeah, eight. Also, some of the videos that I post in the room or just in any event that I'm going to go to, you can check that out on the YouTube page at Taylor Sports with Kevin Taylor. Also, now we're going to go to college basketball as Georgia Tech. Well, it was a rough week for Tech last week. It, it really was. But they're about to finish a stretch of three games against three ranked opponents in four games this week with a road trip to Florida state that will be on Wednesday night. Then you got a home game on Sunday, which should be pretty good against number 20 Clemson, who's 16 and three right now. Now Wednesday's game will be televised on the ACC's regional sports network. Now here in Georgia, you can catch the game on Fox sports South, Fox sports South here in Georgia. Now, Sunday's game is going to be nationally televised on ESPNU. So that should be a good game between Clemson, like I told you. Uh, actually, last week, like I said, it was rough. Tech, Tech lost both games, 64-48 at home against number two, Virginia, and 80-66 to on the road against number 15, North Carolina. Yeah, it was rough. Tech is a young team. They're now 10-9. and You can tell that they have some growing pains. And um, – what did it mean was rebounding, turnovers, rebounding have really been a hurtful asset for for Georgia Tech this year. They've, they've just really been hurt in that area. Here's his, his head coach, Josh paschner about the issues that the team is having. And I've
4: said this uh, in our in our process of trying to rebuild the program to get where we want to get to. I've used two teams that we want to emulate, is, and that's Virginia and Notre Dame. And I've said that you know, publicly multiple times. One way to do that is getting old and staying old. Well, that's just going to happen through time. That's, there's no magic wand on that. That's got to happen through, um, you know, through the process recruiting multiple recruiting classes and um, um, you know that's just going to take time. The other two areas that we've got to be near perfect perfect at, which those two other programs that I mentioned, is you've got to take care of the basketball, not turn the ball over, and make free throws. And um, we've been much better at taking care of the ball. Those are things that we've got to get better at. um, And I've been emphasizing it, reinforcing it. And, you know, we're playing with a lot of youth, obviously, and and with Jose playing the minutes he's playing at, at, at his... You know, as a freshman, so there's just, there's just going to be time and continuing to, to get better at that. You just can't turn the ball over.
1: I would agree with that, Coach Bassner. You just cannot turn the ball over. That is true. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of for Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program this week. On the next edition of the program, we'll discuss more college basketball here locally within the city of Atlanta, as well as the state of Georgia as well. And any additional football news that we can pass along to you, we will do that. Again, you can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, KevinTaylor98. It would be great to hear from you. You know, if you're a messenger, you'll know, send me a message. And uh, YouTube, the YouTube page is uh, Taylor Bay Sports. With Kevin Taylor Always glad to do this show And uh, glad to everyone who's listening to the program as well On iTunes So I can't thank you enough for that Have a great week everyone Never be discouraged, always encouraged Until the next time, I'm out